Welcome to Silent Discographer, a show where we explore <laughs> bands. Pro- wait, wait, no, that's not what this is. I almost did that same bit. <laughs> it just occurred to me like 10 minutes ago. I was like, there's no other way that, to introduce this show. Um, no, no, of course. This is Time Extend, uh, a podcast all about racing games. I am Adam Ismail. Normally, I'm joined uh, by Brendan Rorison, but Brendan, unfortunately, Rip. isn't R&D. here. Um, we're thinking about him. He's he's here in spirit. He's always here in a way. Brendan, uh, I miss you and I love you. <laughs> Brendan's not here, but who is here? Who's asking? I, I can't. I, I don't know what to say, man. I'm not. We just started. I'm not. I'm not loose enough. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't warm up. You know. How many? How many times do I need a guest on this show? Is, is that what it is? I'm like, I, I can intro myself now. It's like when your friend comes over and you like offer them like, you know, food or drinks or whatever. But then eventually, after they've come over enough times, it's like, ah, you know where all that crap is. Just get it yourself. It's yeah, fun. I mean, everyone, everyone knows who you are, and if they don't know who you are, then they should, they should go find out. But, but no, of course. At you... this point, I'm, I'm, do, I'm washing my own dishes in your house. Um, <laughs> Look, it's. It's it's honestly the most, um, you know, I, I think I think that's that that shows a level that shows a level of respect and, and trust that uh, goes, you know, beyond anything. You know, I mean, the first time we're saying this off air, the first time that uh, you were on, which we still haven't revealed your name. So we should just freaking do that right now. You're you're Andrew, Andrew, goddamn Elmore. Elmore, I you wow. you told me once I pronounced your name. I was pronouncing your last name wrong, and I it's wasn't. The only only time, only time in my entire life that anyone has pronounced my name wrong. <laughs> How am I saying it? You were saying Elmore like it's like got a space in there and is of some El- kind of like, Latin descent. And it's not. It's just Elmore. Elmore. It's very boring. Yeah. No, I I didn't even realize I was doing it. But no, it's all good. Look, you're here uh, because you, beautiful soul, decided to make uh, an album of music, a music album with songs on it, 31 songs, all about racing games. Well, not about racing games, inspired by racing games. It's right there on the cover, and I'm already messing it up. Uh, and it is called... Stay on brand. Read the copy. Yeah. <laughs> it is called Digital Motorsport. And uh, it came out, we're recording this a couple of days after it came out, came out on Friday. This is Sunday. And I've listened to it a bunch of times. This is the- I'm so sorry. <laughs> don't, don't, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Um, this is the follow-up to Real Racing Roots 2019, right? In, yeah. In a way. The, uh, you know? Which is how we met. Exactly. So yeah, you- one of the earlier episodes of Time Extends, uh, probably within the first ten or twenty, I can't really remember, but uh, you came on, and this was this was when Real Racing Roots came out, and uh, had you on. I didn't know who you were. I don't know even how I came across the album, uh, but I discovered it and immediately um, was like, this this person is making my dreams come true, and uh, we need to have him on the show. Aww. And uh, I was really scared to talk to you. Uh, but you are not, you are not an intimidating person. Uh, you just, you know, <laughs> I was just like, I don't think we had, we had ever had a guest on time extend at that point. So this was, this was like a I big think moment. You, this I was think a big had a deal. Few. I don't think I was the first one. 
Because I went through, when you asked me, uh, before I responded, I went through and downloaded and listened to every single episode that you guys have posted so far. Okay. Um, partially, uh, first and foremost, to make sure I wasn't going on some weird, like, secret Nazi podcast. <laughs> uh, make sure that, you know, like, you guys weren't, like, Tories or whatever, but... Uh, <laughs> Well, look, then, Bren, Bren's the Tory. I'm not. I mean, I have nothing. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, he's not. Don't, don't slander him when he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was half that and then half like, what? Someone just finally started a podcast about racing games? That's great. I, I want this in my life. Uh, and it turns out it was great and continues to be great. Um, congrats again on hitting 50, by the way. Um, Thank you. But, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, that that is how we met. Somehow, so how did someone? I feel like you said someone linked you that album at some point. Like, someone it, linked me. There's a good chance it was uh, Fernando. So was it Fernando, Fernando, who was, <laughs> uh, was slightly Fernando. Mad Studios um, Project Cars. Cheeky Nando's, as they call him. Yeah, yeah, he's the uh, Project Cars community manager. Um, it might have been him because he's he's always got his his ear to the ear to the ground to the tarmac. You know, to the tarmac, the finger he's, he's on out the there pulse with the paint of can, yeah. painting dicks on the Nurburgring. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, you came on. That was awesome. And then we you, we we became friends, and now we have we have another podcast, um, yeah. which is called the Silent Discographer. That is all about music, except for the many times I make racing games references on it. Um, some, sometimes it's about music and sometimes it's about how much time the bassist from slow dive spent playing with a 32x right yeah right so uh that's the other show we have so this is this is kind of a, a, a worlds are colliding here um and i just wanted to have you on because digital motorsport is great and just i don't even really have many questions to ask you i just like <laughs> we're just gonna like freaking you know shoot the shit and to see what happens. Sure. Um, I guess you know the the most obvious place to start probably is like how did this come about? Um, <laughs> you you did real racing roots 2019, which, which which a lot of because there's there's a secret cult of Ridge Racer fans on the internet that nobody really knows until a piece of media is released, and then they all just like they they come out of the woodwork, and it's like you know there are amazing. dozens of us exactly. Uh, and and everybody freaking loved it, um, and then that was that was two years ago. So was it like? I mean, you you've told me a little bit about this, but it wasn't like oh, I'm gonna do another racing game album. Things just kind of went that way, right? Yeah, this wasn't yeah. A, like this was not a decision that I made. Um, basically, uh, a little bit after uh, I put out Real Racing Roots, I started. Uh, uh, commuting um, a lot. Uh, I was living in Tacoma and working in Bellevue, uh, and I was. It, it was about a three to three and a half hour uh, commute each way. Uh, so I did not have any energy to do or make anything. Like I really, really wanted to follow that album up because I felt like I could do better, um, but I just did not have it in me um, for a long time. And slowly here and there, I would plink around with little ideas or whatever um, when I just needed to get something out of my system. And, uh, or like sometimes I would be like, you know, in the shower and get like a 
melody hook stuck in my head and I'm like, okay, I just need to keep whistling this until I, you know, can get out, dry off, throw some pants on and go like record a guitar track really quick. So I don't forget this. Um, which is how, uh, 24 hours in France came to be. Um, <sighs> and a few of the others, uh, but thanks buddy. <laughs> but yeah, generally I was like, I just, I wanted to make just like race and jazz in general. And I still do because I didn't actually accomplish anything close to what I sort of set out to do. Um, what I really want to do is ex- like get a bit more explorative and do stuff that's a little bit closer to the music you'd find in like Sega GT 2002 mm-hmm. or uh, um, like Test Drive Le Mans uh, and stuff like that. And there's a little bit of that in here, I think. Uh, but I really wanted to do more of that. And it just was not working i did not have uh every time i would try to sit down and write something um i was kind of using my daw uh logic to like to, as my uh writing tool basically which is not something it's very good at and so a lot of uh a lot of what these songs uh how they came to be was like just like cycling through different uh synth patches or whatever and finding something that sounded interesting and then stacking a bunch of weird effects on it um and then you know, like, or playing with arpeggiators and then suddenly a hook is born or whatever. Um, so a lot of these all just kind of came together by accident. And I was like, a lot of these sound like different racing games. So I went into each of them and tried to kind of like drive a little bit, uh, harder, no pun intended in that direction. Um, and so I was like, okay, yeah. What if I just, instead of, uh, laser focusing on one, uh, aesthetic like I did for uh, Ridge Racer 4 with that last record what if I just did a whole bunch of songs that kind of are taking cues and inspiration from a whole lot of different racing games because there is like there's definitely a like style of music that you hear and associate with motorsports like when I say race and jazz I'm referring to uh, when people take like uh, acid jazz and mix it with drum and bass and uh, like it's there's there's a lot of like silly guitar harmonies because of you know like years of Top Gear using that Almond Brothers song or whatever. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like there's a sound that you hear and it's like ah yes this is this is motorsports to me. Um, but I wanted to get a little bit weirder. Um, so there's a little bit of like trying to capture like sounds of old like 90s arcade hardware in here. Yeah. Um, I actually have uh, I use my tax return to buy some synthesizers and drum machines and a lot of hardware. Uh, and I have some old Roland synth brains from the, uh, early nineties, uh, on a, on a slow boat coming over from Japan that will allow me to get much, much closer with that stuff. Uh, so maybe I'll be able to do a better job of that in the future. Mm. Um, but anyway, I was not long story short, I was not able to really do what I wanted to do. So I was like, okay, well, what can I do? And what I could do was just make a whole bunch of really weird stuff. That's like, uh, loosely inspired by uh, a bunch of different racing games in here. So that's what happened. And then at some point I went to, I was like, I probably have about an album's worth, right? And then I went and started like uh, taking inventory of my working files on my computer. And I was like, oh, I have a lot of these. Oh, that's, <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Uh, this is what they would have sure. called back in the day a double album. Probably. Yeah. You're not, you're not fitting this one on a mini disc, unfortunately. Um <laughs> Uh, maybe a high MD, but those are expensive. So, yeah, I know, thankfully, the response has been really, really overwhelmingly positive, and that uh, makes me feel very good that I was able to make something that people like and enjoy. But, 
It's like, I don't feel like this is as a whole as good as the last record, but everyone else is telling me that I'm wrong. So uh, I'm, I'm just glad that they like it. <laughs> yeah, I think what it is, is it just feels like, obviously there was a, a concept and, and there was a singular inspiration for Real Racing Roots, whereas this by nature obviously is going all over the place. And I think it that kind of makes it more sort of accessible in a way because... I mean, yes, we, we've established that the, the Ridge Racer fans are legion, but, you know, being a fan of... If you like Ridge it's Racer, you legion. probably... Yeah, if you like Ridge Racer, you probably like other racing games too, and lots of people dabble in this genre in some way, shape, or form. And, I mean, there's, there is a song referencing or inspired by a game here that almost everyone has played. Like, you know, whether it's they're, you know, in an arcade and they happen to play Daytona or Mario. I mean, there's a Mario Kart song here. So like <laughs> it kind of, it kind of touches everything. Right. Um, yeah. so I feel like that's probably why people are maybe gravitating towards it so much off the bat. I mean, I, I thought the last album was great. This one, um, it's, I, yeah, I think it is just like so weird and it like changes style so much, but in a good way that it's just, it's just surprising. And that just makes it a lot of fun. I'm glad. I mean, there's definitely some deep cuts in here. Like, no, no one played Speed Kings. Not even in Japan <laughs> did anyone play Speed Kings. So I like, totally I'm, forgot. You you actually informed me that that game existed, and I already forgot that what it was. Um, I think I assumed that was something else. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a Japan only PS1 game that's kind of uh, Wipeout adjacent. That okay. uh, takes it's yeah. made by Konami, and it takes place in the Snatcher universe. Wow in neo kobe in 2045 that went in and out of my brain so quickly because i remember you were like oh it's just speed kings and i was like oh is it this game and i, I brought up a completely different game yeah also you sent me speed a kings. screenshot of like a i think it was a gamecube screenshot or, or uh, uh a cover image uh, that said <laughs> speed king a singular and i was uh. like nope close but not quite which is uh when i went in and added the phrase neo kobe 2045 and okay. the title was after you sent me that uh it's weird. The titling on these is different on different platforms. Yes. Uh, so like the ones that are on Bandcamp is what I consider like correct. Uh, but when I submitted it to Sounddrop, who's distributing it to all the other like uh, storefronts and streaming services and all that crap, uh, they were like, you can't just type things weird. You can't mix languages. You can't put brackets in here and capitalize <laughs> things in weird and spaces. Kanji. So, yeah like there's no hiragana on spotify i mean there is but they wouldn't let me so it's just i had to simplify everything out a whole lot and mm. it's a little bit less stupid um which is unfortunate but here we are i mean it it, it comes through it's funny because there are some songs like uh where like for example the the, the mario kart one 200 cc it has yeah. like a very similar like progression in the beginning to like the Ridge Racer song Ridge Racer. So <laughs> I think I like immediately was like, oh, this is a Ridge Racer song. And then I look at the title. I'm like, no, it's not the Ridge Racer song. Uh, I actually going through this, like you had told me a couple of uh, like five or song titles because like I was like, I need to know a few. <laughs> um, but then as I was listening the first time, I, I didn't want to spoil it for myself. I just wanted to go song by song and then just like listen and see what it was. And um, 
it's so cool because yeah the cuts the cuts are so deep there are some here i'm not entirely sure what they're supposed to reference so i will ask you about them sure um what is racing gadgets uh gadget racers which is the uh north american name for the ps2 koro q game oh, okay or one of the ps2 koro q okay. games and a lot of these are not actually like they're not necessarily meant to sound like yeah. the music in yeah. those games the way that i did with the last album they're just a lot of them are just kind of inspired by the vibe like there are tracks in here called underground and underground Two, and those games have fully licensed soundtracks but right. my my little experiment here was what if they didn't basically like how do yeah. i you know, it turns they out they're better. Score. They'd be better if they. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't have Snoop Dogg on here, so. All right, the one Snoop song was pretty good, but uh, I ain't going back to Wrestling Underground soundtrack. I'll say that much. Um, yeah, those are actually some of my favorites here. Underground too, especially, is really, really freaking good. Um, those are both me trying to do my best and also sloppiest impression of uh, Girl G R L. Okay. Just like, all right, what? It, those were realistically what it broke down to was like half in my head i'm picturing like okay uh early to mid 2000s like street racing scene like fast and furious and then also what would blade kill a bunch of vampires in a nightclub to yeah yeah like that makes sense <laughs> the how do i make a beat that would make wesley snipes want to like stab immortal monsters what i love about some of these is like it's clear what your inspiration is or where you think, you know, as you said, you're not trying to necessarily like do something in the exact same style or replace those songs, but it's clear where your mind was. But then like, I'll hear a song and I'll be like, actually like in my head, like this seems like a really good fit for this other game too. And so like listening to underground two, I got in my head really quickly that like, this sounds like a, this sounds like the vector man title music. <laughs> which is a really good freaking song like the title screen it's a high to Vector Man. uh it's it's banging it's and it's very short so this is like a a extended you know version of it that i like a lot um and then the the 2097 xl which obviously is is a wipeout um that just seems to gave me you that idea <laughs> Just, just trying to clear things up for any potential uh, listeners who. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's fair. Um, but that one to me also sounded like prime Need for Speed Three Four era, like oh, Ron yeah. Prisco, Saki Kaskis, like um, even like some of those like Junkie XL songs that were there too. Like it's Ooh. very much to me like I could just as easily see playing Wipeout to this or. Uh, one of those like crazy long like five minute long tracks and need for speed high stakes um in a car that is way too slow you know it's like the same same kind of yeah same i mean like there's vibe. almost a little bit of top gear rally in there too i think yeah. um the secret to making music for any late 90s racing game is just pull up a bad digital clone of a roland 303 and then mm. just set up an arpeggiator and then just slowly twist the cutoff knob up and down back and forth uh, and then throw some little like drum breaks underneath it. Yeah, and you're off to the races, literally. I'm hearing all of this as you're saying it. Uh, it's funny because I was uh, at my friend's place recently, and um, he is not a musician. Actually, neither he nor nor his roommate are musicians, but they have a musician friend that just left her theremin at their place. 
Oh, sick. So I was messing around with that. And that's like the, you know, I'm just freaking twisting my hands and stuff. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what what this what is happening here you know I, I i have no idea how any of this is is working and there's no like rhyme or or reason or any sort of organization to the sounds i'm producing right now but this is so much fun <laughs> yeah dude those are ridiculous i know um we know some guys that were in like a slightly progish rock bands uh and they had one guy that would just play a theremin live all the time like a lot of their lead hooks were written for that thing and he ran it through a bunch of guitar pedals and stuff it's wild yeah it's super cool um i yeah i'm just i'm just scrolling through the the track list here it's a Um, long scroll um i think i should point out a couple uh Really quick, just a some of these are very old, like that 2097 XL, like that project file dates back to like 2016, 2017. Wow. Um, and Takedown uh, is a song that's been sitting on the hard drive of like three computers ago since 2014. I never really knew what to Jeez. do with it. Uh, there's a spot in the back half of that song where it breaks down for just a second and it's silent before the drums come back in. Yeah. Uh, I was working on a mix of that one night like 85 apartments ago and I was mixing on headphones and uh, I was listening through it and got to that part in the silence and then I hear my wife yell for me from the other room and then the drums kick back in it's because uh, we were having a baby so uh, oh <laughs> it's like oh wow just like yelling like okay time to go oh oh now now is okay all right let's go oh uh, wow so that's, that's my like primary memory associated with that song i've just it's been sitting there i've never known what to do with it i've tried like adding vocals but the mix is too dense and i hate writing lyrics um so i just redid the mix and master pass on it and uh, i was like you know what burnout <laughs> it's this very is, burnout this is, this is a love letter to burnout three now is and, what this is and the funny thing is like even though Burnout at a certain point had the licensed soundtracks that, that started with Takedown when the series went to EA. They still had some original guitar tunes in that game that were very much like what you would have heard in Point of Impact or the one before. So yeah. this to me just feels like a continuation of that. Like almost like, you know, what if Burnout just kind of, you know, didn't become this huge uh, EA, you know, franchise and then got with all the licensed music which like i do i do like this the the licensed soundtrack to burnout uh takedown so you know but this is good yeah this I, uh, is good too. If, if it gives if it gives anyone any context i uh recorded that after coming home from a cloud nothings show oh okay yeah cloud nothings is great agreed that was cloud right nothing. after they lost their other guitarist though so it was kind of like mm. yeah there's a lot of just like they're just whole melodies missing from a lot of these songs <laughs> but yeah yeah never seen them live want to um recommend it you know if assuming the world ever starts spinning again assuming it's ever possible you really captured the uh uh shock and horror that uh, a ps2 can't read the disc that i put inside of it um <laughs> with the discreet era song i'm just thinking about that now like there is something unsettling about that song and there's a yeah. there's a horrifying screen when it happens to you. It's like oh, it's a bad feeling. It's scary. Yeah, when it turns red and you're just your heart just drops down into your stomach juices. Yeah, I don't know why they had to make it so like violent and you know <laughs> it, it scary. is like 
I mean, that's around the time that they had David Lynch making commercials for them. So maybe they were just in a mm-hmm. fever dream kind of mood. But uh, yeah, it's yeah, for sure. And th- this is definitely another one that like started as something else, but never really became anything. And I was like, OK, I what if uh, what if basically is how most of these came to be. Uh, so any of the tracks that have uh, like brackets around them in Bandcamp, like Disread Error and uh, Memory Card. Um, what else we got in here? Uh, I think there's a few more. Uh, I I should have this in front of me. Insert credit. Yeah, that Loathing. one. Like a lot of those are not. Yeah, yeah, okay. those ones. Those are all um, kind of little interstitials mm-hmm. and not necessarily based around one specific game. Um, but more just like uh, things that remind me of other parts of the experience of yeah. playing old racing games. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like I really didn't think about. Like, I, I kind of assumed that they were just kind of more general uh, parts of the track list. But now, like, I'm listening to Insert Credit, and I'm thinking of, like, the music that plays uh, during, like, the Scud Race track screen or something like that. Yeah, it does, it does <laughs> seem like it could fit for that. Yeah, I was definitely going for a track screen arcade vibes. Um, it was also a lot of the actual uh, sounds in there um, were inspired by uh, Kurt Feldman's music for uh, the podcast Insert Credit, mm. uh, which is my favorite games-related podcast. Um, I I regret going so hard with all the fake crash symbols on here. Like, that would have been funny if I did it once, but I did it, like, a thousand times, and it's just too much. Like, there are so many things on this album. I'm like, oh, I meant to fix that. Oh, well. Uh, like the snare hits too hard in the first track. Uh, there's, yeah, there's, there's stuff all over the place that I'd like, oh shoot. I put this out too early, huh? Oh, well, <laughs> too late now. I, look, this is, this is the curse of, of being, you know, of, of like, you know, doing, doing your own work and putting it out there. Like you're always, you're always going to yeah. feel that way. Right. So, yeah. And like, once you've, you know, especially when you're doing it all on your own, you hear something so many thousands of times that you don't notice anymore. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly it's out and you're aware that other people have access to it. And it's like, Oh crap. And it puts this like mental microscope on all of the small details that you don't, uh, that you're not as happy with as you could have been. But like, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to, I'm a fix wolves on this. I'm not going to go back and like <laughs> Kanye, you know, you know update, tweak them and re-upload them. Yeah. Uh, you know, updating the life of Pablo or something like that. Yeah. Um, he didn't, he never got around to fixing wolves, but he did ruin waves. That's a conversation. Right. <laughs> <a different day. laughs> um, so, so one example of, I feel like of kind of what you're talking about of like, you being led in a certain direction. This, I, I learned about this on Twitter and I, yesterday because we were talking and I was surprised. Uh, you you almost cut one of my favorite songs here from the album because you, you thought it was too <laughs> long and indulgent, which like it is long and indulgent, but that those aren't bad things. Those are those are great, <laughs> beautiful, wonderful things. And, and yeah, I'm just, Enthusiast is so freaking good. I actually, that's the one I played for my friend. Um, uh, in the car the other day who, uh, who, who, who likes, who likes racing and stuff, but like, you know, doesn't musically doesn't, um, I don't know, just like doesn't really explore or whatever. And I was like, but, but he knows that like I do the podcast and the podcast I do and he knows about you. So I was like, if, if you're going to listen to a song, the one, the one I think would, that would blow you away off the bat is probably enthusiast. And he was just fucking bopping the whole time. So that's so wild to me. Like, yeah, I, 
Enthusiast is the song. It's the only one that I've gotten specific feedback on. Like I've had like five people on Twitter message me about this track and I literally almost cut it so many times. Uh, <laughs> Like I, I moved it to the second to the last. It is track 30 of 31 on here um, because I was like, no one's going to want to hear this. Like That's why I bumped uh, Orbital Gymnastics down there so far, too. That's the other one that I was like, I shouldn't put this out. But here we are. Um, yeah, Enthusiast is... Uh, oh, man. Okay, so Enthusia is a <laughs> PS2 racing game a that I know game. has a lot of... Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of, uh, let's say, uh, some infighting in the time extent community about about Enthusia. Um, one thing that everyone can agree on with both that and Driving Emotion Type S, though, is that they have killer soundtracks. They Absolutely. have really, really good music. Yeah. Um, so it was partially inspired by that, uh, like the music itself, and also like something that I think you get a good taste of early in the career mode of Enthusia is... Um, some, some good like lengthy races uh, that are tense because uh, the handling model in that game is unique. Uh, it's like I how they say like in it, rally, really like, need- like um, in rallying, it's like you're not um, you're not racing against another driver. You're racing against a clock. In enthusiast, you're racing against the game's own, own physics model. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like it. It takes some getting used to. You definitely need a wheel, though. It's very yeah. clear that it was meant for a wheel, um, which makes it really uh, a strange experience Bold on the for controller, a 2005 PlayStation 2 game to be like, yeah, you need a wheel uh, to play this properly. From Konami, of all people. Yeah, I think yeah. there's two Konami racing games here on, on this on this album uh, represented. But mm. yeah, so something that I like about the way that that game uses music is it will take a track like that and it just kind of loops it and then starts bringing in instruments to like keep the tension building as you go um, because it's very hard to get away from the pack in that game. Like you're usually racing kind of bumper to bumper and wheel to wheel with everyone around you. Um, so I wanted yeah. to try to like, okay, what if I just set up one drum loop and one like head bobbin bass loop uh bass which i so over, good. which i it sounds <laughs> i goofed because i anyway I'll, I'll get back to that in a second anyway uh but then like just let it go for a long time and uh how do i how do i keep building tension on that um so uh i didn't want to just do like a wanky guitar solo because that's not interesting um but i was like what if i just get way too excited on like a rhythm guitar kind of vibe uh and just let it get really sloppy and messy there's a spoon song that has a great guitar solo in it that's one note and it's just like perfect he just Mm. plays that one note a whole bunch of times yeah and i love it um and this is not not quite that simple but uh it is just like just going going hard on the, the rhythm rhythm guitar idea just letting that uh kind of build the build the energy i guess while everything else just keeps looping underneath it very um uh that's the word i'm looking for very diligently
this song is one of those it's one of those songs where it's like as parts are added to it um as it gets more complex it just feels like you're you're revealing something that you didn't even know was there or was possible it's like the song probably can't get better than this baseline and then it does and then it does like five more <laughs> times and it's like wow it's been six minutes uh, or close to it and uh it, it feels like a trip and it's yeah i i think like to me it's um just the energy of this track is so great and like i could see it uh i could see it in enthusia my mind goes to test drive lama because i feel like maybe prob- probably with like the the crashing Those symbols are definitely and everything races. like that it's like <laughs> yeah. um a lot of songs in in test drive lama have this kind of percussion right um yeah. have that kind of jazzy guitar too and have the bass so yeah yeah, That's this, uh, I, so all that guitar stuff, uh, was all one take because I, I did the whole goal is to do it in one take regardless. Mm. And I tried like four or five different times with just like improving, like, you know, a big elaborate guitar solo over that looping bass, but it just, there wasn't enough there cause it never changes chords really. Uh, it never changes a root note. I did the LCD sound system thing where it's just like, okay, here's a beat and unnote and just like build on that and make it ridiculous for as long as you can. <laughs> um, and so instead I just, you know, did a you know more simple, more like jangly, more angry and aggressive, uh, like rhythm guitar take on it. And I guess the secret to keeping that interesting was just like, what do I play to keep myself from getting bored while this drags on for like six <laughs> minutes? Um, and I guess that seems to have worked. I, I still, feel weird about having put it on the record but i mean i guess i'm glad i did because it seems like people are into it um as for the bass line uh the only bass that i own is a bass six uh fender bass six which is a six string bass with a short scale neck so it's basically just a guitar but uh dropped down an octave like it even still has a whammy bar and everything Mm. you can play chords on that thing it's great uh play these songs with them you can play these songs with chords um (laughs) sorry <laughs> but uh it, it's got a like a fender jaguar style pickup setup which means each pickup has an on and off switch so instead of selecting between pickups you can just have any combination of them on or off mm. so i layered like four different combinations on here and then one an octave higher for that uh and it kind of sounds a little bit out of tune as a result i think because they're all slightly different because they're all overdubbed and you probably shouldn't be overdubbing bass like that but i don't know i wanted to fill i wanted to fill up that space and make it beefy and also uh like have enough pick attack and brightness on it that it will like cut through the mix and i i don't i don't know if that was successful or not but i don't know it seems like it worked out okay i don't know if that's something that i'll revisit all i can say is i freaking love it it is uh it is very funky and there's there's like this um there's this weird like vibe i attribute with like yeah like enthusia and test drive mob these songs are just like sort of funky but also like very classy like i it's just like i guess gran turismo sport actually kind of does this too with like this that's whole car showroom vibe that they have in that oh, game yeah. um i mean it's it really it really is the the racing jazz thing taken to the ultimate um but yeah i Again, I, I think it's great. I think it's um I'm really happy it's here. Really happy I got to hear it. Uh, and it's not it's not a long song that feels 
long. You know, like it's it's not like of like I I didn't realize the song was probably as long as it is uh, until you pointed it out to me, and I was like, oh yeah, this six minutes. I just like it's, <laughs> it's, it's exactly great. You don't really six think minutes, about yeah. it. Yeah, exactly six minutes. Yeah, I think it's like I wanted. To, you know, I'm making all of this on my own, but I wanted it to have some kind of like live energy to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, which is why I did that, and I think subconsciously I was trying to make like the kind of intro jam you do at the beginning of a show mm. um, when you're just trying to, you know, make everybody super excited or whatever. You can either do the big bombastic like Bixby Canyon Bridge, uh, <laughs> like, you know, elaborate builds, or you can just come out loud and just thrashing around everywhere. So that's that's what I did, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it'd be maybe... Like I'm glad that that sort of live energy is here because yeah I don't know when you're when you're making an album a lot of it is you know digital sounds and stuff like that yeah because it's all based on like retro racing game music it's gonna be kind of hard to sort of create that space on an album like this right so yeah for sure which is yeah. why I mean like I've like the like the clean jazzy guitars at the beginning uh recorded on a hollow body uh starcaster and then all of the uh thrashy stuff was done on a jazz master um you know with some overdrive and all that so i wanted to like that was the other thing that i wanted to do on this album is i think there was only one maybe two tracks on real racing roots that had any guitar in them at all and like that's still my primary instrument. So I wanted to do a little bit more with that. Like I've been playing guitar for 18 years mm. and it's, I, it's, I'm finally at a point where I have decent ways to like, I, you know, record a guitar now that I'm renting a house instead of, a, instead of an apartment, I can, you know, like I can mic up an amp and, you know, run my yeah. whole pedal board and everything. So, um, there is, uh, significantly more guitar on this album across it in general. Yeah. It's look, a lot of bands have, have gone through it, you know. It's like they'll lose a the guitar on some album and uh you'll just be sad and then it'll mysteriously appear back up again on the next one. Like this is how I think of like King of Limbs. Talking about how you get back to Hail the Thief? Yeah, oh. well I'm talking about like King of Limbs to the last the, the Moon Shaped Pool. It's like there's yeah. a point on Moon Shaped Pool where like Ed O'Brien just goes freaking nuts and it's like, oh good, we're doing that again. Okay, that's good because I really missed that last time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I haven't listened to either of those albums in years. Uh, Moonshade Pool is good. It's good. It's it's very good. Uh, I definitely prefer it to King of Limbs. But yeah, I feel like that's the general uh, consensus. But I need to go back to it at some point, or we'll end up doing it for Silent Disco <laughs> at some point. Silent Who Disco. <laughs> yeah, I've started saying that shorthand, and I was like, oh, that's actually a thing that people do, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know what it means though. But it's definitely a it's, thing I've heard before. It's like um, I, I've seen it at uh, at events and stuff. Um, like there's that classic. I think it was a vine uh, where it's just uh, a lady pointing the camera at her window, and there's three guys in the backyard of the house next door having a barbecue, and they all just have headphones on and they're dancing, they're just having their own <laughs> quiet little party. Um, but I've also like uh, like I've, I've been to an event where there is a DJ doing live music, but also there are three other DJs. Uh, doing music that is being sent out to headsets that people are renting. You can tune into one of those three frequencies. So everyone's like, it's like, oh, if you don't like this DJ, you just listen to this other one. And I'm like, I don't know what the point is of this. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like, like that. 
It's very strange that, to that me, and weird. you can tell by the by the color of the LEDs that's lit up on the person's head which DJ they're listening to. So you can go like I guess theoretically groove with those people, but something about it just it's very. <laughs> and they start odd creating little clicks and factions on the dance floor. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> I love that green, was the intent, All but... the green kids are over here. All the blue kids are over there. Uh, well, luckily, I mean, I mean, look, there, there's, <laughs> there's no dancing anywhere these days. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no. Uh, going back to the album. Um, yeah. What right is, <laughs> what is orbital gymnastics uh, supposed to be inspired by or relate That's to? That's still roughly wipeout i don't know i okay. uh that's i found that nasa sample and i was like i just want to make a bunch of loud weird sounds over this and i think it's the worst track on the record for sure uh <laughs> but like there's still just enough aspects of it that are fun enough that i left it in anyway and i was like yeah sure whatever at this point i'm going for quantity over quality anyway so who cares uh um, I was like, I was just thinking of like Rush 2049 because I was thinking of a game where you can like flip your car and crap like that. <laughs> um, but I don't uh, remember what the hell Rush 2049 sounds like. So not like this. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the the name Orbital Gymnastics comes from uh, from the NASA sample at the beginning. That's a thing that he says. Uh, so okay. if, if you listen at, at the intro there. Also, there were speaking of mistakes I meant to fix, there are a bunch of parts where I wanted to cut that sample out here so it's not in the way, but I, I think I just let it run the whole time, and it's just, like, very strange. Yeah, I meant to ask it's you what that sample was, but uh, you've revealed yeah, it's it. Just, it's a, it's a so. NASA recording. All, all of NASA's uh, audio recordings and all of their photo and video uh, assets are all available for free. They're all royalty free. You can put them in anything and use them for anything. And I highly recommend it because space is cool as hell. NASA rules. Um, and it's just, there's, there are a lot better uses than this, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but I had fun, so I don't care. I don't know. Uh, and um, another, another one I had the title related question about is it's a new record ridge racer or ridge racer four what because i'm just i was thinking of a game where the announcer says that yeah that's r4 okay yeah if the that makes sense like, yeah uh i'm trying to remember what because the, specifically uh there's kind of a breakdown where i added some reverb on the drums because i wanted to make it sound like you're in a room where this is playing okay. which is going to be a huge problem if anyone ever tries to play this in a room uh <laughs> <laughs> But uh, a friend of mine posted a video and it was at an event uh, long before COVID times where uh, it was at some like event in New York. Um, and uh, it, there was just like some acid jazz playing while people were wandering around with cocktails and just like mingling. Mm. And uh, he said it's like being inside of R4 in here <laughs> because of the vibe. Yeah. Uh, and so like the, the feeling of listening to that from like a phone video recording was like kind of neat. So I wanted to kind of bring a little bit of that in. But yeah, there's definitely still some R4 inspired stuff in here directly. I mean, especially with how I opened the album. <laughs> yeah. Were any of these, like the those R4 tracks, were they done at the time of Real Racing Roots and you just decided not to put them on nope. that record or no? Okay. Nope. I just yeah. still like living in that world sometimes. And look, it's a great freaking world to live in, man. <laughs> I remember I yeah, heard it's... I don't know if you sent it to me like a year ago or if you release it but I, I remember hearing Outran before yeah so yeah. 
<laughs> that and Galloping Hornet have both uh, technically been released in the past in mm. slightly different forms. Um, years ago, when I was first kind of getting uh, getting to know people in the sort of game audio scene, uh, a friend, Megan Carnes, started a uh, project, I guess you could call it, uh, a hashtag, a Rescore Wednesday, where you just take some footage from a game and uh cut the audio out and then kind of write your own score for that uh and i had a lot of fun with that um probably too much fun i made a lot of those um there's a whole album on my Bandcamp that's even bigger than this one i think or at least close to it uh of all just rescores of different games and that's all up there for free um if you want uh, you know a ton of not just racing games but sounds of a lot of different games that are much closer to the actual sounds of those games anyway um in there, I did one for, uh, let's see, uh, the one I did one for Daytona that uh, I fixed some errors in, and that became Galloping Hornet. Okay. And then uh, I did one for Outrun that became Outran uh, after I did a little better mixing pass on it. And this was the one that I was telling you about a, a long time ago where I was like, uh, I was going to offer it to you if you wanted to use it for time yeah, extent. Yeah, I remember but, that. But the song that you use from Ridge Racer 5 is so good that like... <laughs> It fits like the vibe of this show so well that like I don't think anything that I made would be better for time extend. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I like this song and I the 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 podcast theme song thing is always like I feel like a touchy subject because like some people get really attached to it and you don't really necessarily expect them to but they just do and that's fine and then you always have like some uh podcasts where like they'll change songs and then like people just be like yeah the when when they decided to like change things like that so so it'll like create like this time stamp in their minds of when oh, the yeah. top podcast got bad or when the show got bad whatever yeah um, for sure and gammon's a great song um really it's just like uh, how long can I get away with using this until anyone bothers me? I don't think Namco is ever going to bother me. Um, if they do <laughs> bother not, me, honestly, if they do yeah. bother me, I will, I will ask you to help us out. <laughs> sure. Sure. But until that day, uh, please, by all means, keep using it because now it's like every time I actually play Ridge Racer five, I, it, the moment that song plays, I'm like, Ooh, time extend time. Like in the way that hurt now belongs to Johnny cash, uh, Gammon now belongs to time extend as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's weird. It's in my heart. It's weird when I go and play Ridge Racer Five, um, because even though I'll expect the song when it comes on, I'm just like I'm taken back to editing a show mostly. Like that's that's oh, where yeah. my that's this where my brain now. goes. Like oh god, it's like um, it's like how you can kind of ruin a great song by making it your alarm. I was just gonna say the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not ruined. I still, I still love this song, but um, I, I hear it so often that I maybe don't seek it out as much <laughs> as I used to before doing Time Extend. Yeah. Um, uh, I think yeah. technically uh, the song Neo Kobe Pizza on here um, has also been released before. I put that out as a single on my Bandcamp, and I don't, I don't think it even got one download. So I put it on here because it's one of my favorite things I've ever made. It's just some good like late night toonami lo-fi hip-hop yeah. uh and uh, the name obviously being inspired by snatcher uh which is in the same world as speed kings so therefore i put it right next to speed kings uh, yeah. yeah so having never played either of those games i just kind of i think 
thought that they were like, uh, you know, we, we had the company calls and company calls epilogue type situation going on here. Um, and I, I mean, they're both good. I personally think like, I mean, one of my favorite songs on the album is probably Speed Kings. Um, nice. That's like, a, that's like a really high point for me anyway. Um, yeah. You should play Speed Kings, by the way. I should. Recommended. I should. Well, I, I have to import it, right? Yeah, I mean, look, if, if there are, I mean, there look, are ways look, if you yes, don't want to do that, yeah, yeah, but, but I, I know, yes, I know. that's that's what I did. Uh, I'm not saying uh, that has to be the way that everyone goes about it, but that is what I did. Can is uh, is this isn't cheap. going to be a racing lagoon type situation where I try to play the game and then I'm upset because no, I can't no, understand no, 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 anything? No. Okay. The overwhelming majority of it is in English. Uh, uh, that's it, good. I, it's yeah, I kind of don't even like. I'm not sure why it didn't get brought out here. There can be all kinds of reasons why games don't, you know, uh, get localized or released in other territories or whatever, even if they would work. Um, so I, I, I don't know why it didn't come out here, but it did not. Um, but uh, yeah, it's most of the menus and stuff are in English. It's not a racing lagoon situation where there's like a story and an RPG there. Um, it's, it's just a, just an anti-gravity racing game that happens to have a really cool vibe to it. And is also like I, I got it like for five bucks or something. It's like mm. super super cheap because it's not uh, it's not particularly rare. Japanese games are cheap in general. Not a lot of people have hardware to play Japanese PS One and PS Two games over here. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh well, yeah. I mean that makes sense. Yeah, it's just easy. You just get one. Like I I have an American PS Two and I just use that swap disc or whatever, and it it's fine. That's what yeah. I do. I mean that that's a thing that you can do. I. I just have a lot of different PS2s from around the world lying around. <laughs> Unfortunately, like I've wanted to just get like a Japanese PS2, which I know probably isn't that hard, but I've just never been in a situation or never remembered to, I guess, when it was available to me. So I just didn't. But yeah, I mean, I have a couple pretty tough. of them, like a couple Japanese PS2 games. So I maybe yeah. should do that. Yeah, it might be worth it. I don't know. As long as you're not doing the swap disc thing where you have to like dig that plastic claw underneath the disc tray. It's like, I always feel like someone's going to break something doing that. I don't know. It's probably yeah. fine. I mean, I always do that. That's what I've been doing for a couple of years. Uh, but if that PS2 breaks, that is like a launch PS2. So uh, oh, it man. had a good run. Yeah, I've had so <laughs> many laser assemblies die on me on PS2s and 3s that I'm just like, I'm very wary of doing anything to them. I just uh, have an issue with the PS2 sometimes where it just doesn't realize that there's a disc in the tray or doesn't, I don't know if that's a laser related thing or what, but it just won't start the game or won't even bring the game up in like that, you know, the menu where you can see your memory card and whatever's in the system. Oh yeah, the browser? Yeah. <clears throat> that's what it's called.
Well, you 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 did you did a good you did a good one you did a good one here. This is a good <laughs> album. I don't know what, if you say so. I don't know what to say. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I I don't mean to just cut this off right here, but um, yeah, I, I guess just just thanks 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 for coming on and wanting to talk about it. Yeah, sure. I'm always down. Uh, you also had an influence on this record. Like, uh, I think I wasn't sure how to name 24 Hours in France until you messaged me. You were like, oh, I can't wait for your Test Drive Le Mans inspired track. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. Perfect. Um, let's see. Coffee Break of the DMV was because you were like, oh, I can't wait to do the, you know, in between license test Gran Turismo. I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like you didn't know you were secretly taking requests this whole time. Mm. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that I had, uh, some influence on it and that this is, uh, such a good album that it's not like me. Like I, I didn't detract, they didn't take anything away, you know, like <laughs> I can, I can sleep soundly at night knowing that I, you know, I, I didn't fuck this one up. <laughs> but this is, is just that... my way of passing like one percent of complaints onto you if <laughs> if they ever come in. Is the so on the cover we see a lovely CRX. You you told me you owned you had the CRX right or you drove one? Or... No, no no no. I I oh, have okay. a Civic Si. No, I know you um, don't now, but I... but I thought that at some point in your life you had no. So a this CRX. <laughs> this was uh <laughs> this was literally uh someone brought a, a CRX uh, SIR uh from japan to uh my side of seattle on bring a trailer uh okay. right as my volvo was dying and i thought about it long and hard um and i had that tab open for a long time and it only ended up selling for like i don't know six grand or something um i really thought about it because it was super low miles it was beautiful it was right hand drive like oh yeah so I, rad i um, found it in our, uh, our discord conversation right yeah yeah um, the wheels on that are great they are yeah it's in really great shape um so uh, but I, I you know obviously do not have money lying around and i didn't have a good way to sell my volvo uh and i didn't know like i've never just bought uh a car from a person that way um like i've i had a car given i had my old uh 98 accord was just kind of given to me uh by someone who did not you know needed to get rid of a problem uh <laughs> and um yeah so I, I didn't realistically have a way to get this but i was like man 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 so i just like <laughs> sat there staring at that car for a long time and uh this uh the illustration on the cover art here was me taking taking one of the photos uh from the bring a trailer uh, pick up and then just like dropping that in illustrator and then just like tracing all the lines over it uh, as vectors uh, and building the illustration using that photo as a reference so this is just a photo of a CRX SIR that I, I stared at for a long time uh, and did that illustration of and I didn't really know what to do with it and then um, by the time I was putting this album together I was like in the process of submitting all the tracks to sound drop and I was like I don't even know what I'm going to call this thing and then hmm. One night it just hit me and then I decided to use this for the album art as well. And I was hoping to kind of, I want to give the text treatment uh, a little bit of that like dashboard light. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like a check engine light kind of thing. Uh, so that's, that was, that was the inspo there because I just really didn't know what else I wanted to do. 
you know, with uh, with the last album, it was easy because it was based off of one game, and I could yeah. just use kind of that color palette and uh, the the imagery of the jog con and the little drifting car. Um, that was very R four, I felt. Um, but here, I was like, I'm all over the place with this, so I don't you know. Could, you could go in any direction. You could do anything. Yeah. So I, I did this, and it kind of looks like a weird fake '80s, like you know, like what people thought cyberspace was going to look like in terms of how it was represented in media. It's like you know that kind of Tron-esque outline. I mean, really, it's just it's just the Virtual Boy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's really what I was going for was you know, <laughs> Tellero boxing and uh, Nestor's funky racing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Still need to play one of those one day. Yeah, I. Uh, I got an opportunity to once at a local game store uh, after, you know, befriending the people there. And uh, they had one. They came in and they were like, yeah, it actually works. Um, and I held it up to my face and only one eye worked. And that's oh, no. a very common problem with those is one of them just disconnects. And I've heard it's a quick fix, but uh, I still have yet to put a functioning virtual boy on my face. And I feel like I'm betraying my own brand by not owning a virtual boy, but also... I don't know what I'd want to play on it besides that Wario game. And I don't, I'm afraid to look at what, uh, quarantine price spikes did to them. Yeah. Cause you used to be, you could get one in decent shape for like a hundred bucks, which is not that bad. All things considered in terms of like rare old game hardware. That's quirky and has, uh, you know, interesting and tragic history. It's got the same kind of issue as I think like the 32X and the Sega CD do where like I'm I'm not going to go through Chaplin. all of this all of this uh, trouble to play Virtual Racing Deluxe when I could <laughs> if I really wanted to play Virtual Racing Deluxe I could do it on my MacBook Pro at this point. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean I like going through all that trouble for that stuff because instead of uh, I, I have a tightly packed bundle of worms where my brain should be, uh, but that's that's <laughs> tightly me. packed. At least they're dense; they don't take up a lot of space. Well, yeah, they use the space efficiently. <laughs> Occasionally, one will peek out of a nostril or whatever, and I got to shove them back in there, but it's fine. Is there um, is there any racing game uh, discovery or anything anything you've been playing lately that you want to shout out now? Because sometimes, oh, see, uh, you know, listeners, you don't know this, but uh, we'll do the silent discographer, and then sometimes when we both have time, we'll just end up talking about like something. Like last time, it will, probably was like Toge R was like the last one that we spent hours on, and that's how we end up talking about Toge R on episode <laughs> fifty of Time Extend. Yeah. Um, so, and, and usually we'll talk about these things and be like, this would just be great to just include somewhere, but since we're doing a music podcast, they, they never go anywhere. So that's, that's what I'm trying to encourage right now. Sure. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anything that I would have picked up recently that might be interesting to talk about. Cause like, mostly I've just been playing a lot of like God hand and old treasure games. Like I haven't been in a, haven't been doing a whole lot of racing games as of late. Let me, let me take a look really quick. Cause it's, let's see if I. See if I picked anything up that might be worth bringing I, up here. If you can vamp for a second. Yeah, I'm trying to think like what I've been up to lately. I did, I did start, I did dabble in Daytona 2001 oh, earlier yeah. this week. It's um, a weird game, which is a very, very weird game. Uh, I was an idiot. I didn't realize that that game is very hard unless you use one of the cheat cars, uh, and then it just becomes <laughs> very, very easy. So I'm going to finally beat it now using a Piwak at Barquetta because 
it, it's too hard to beat that game otherwise. Yeah, you uh, and you know about the whole steering wheel thing. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, the, the great thing about the Piwag at Barketa is that those stupid three-wheel looking cars. Not matter. Um, yeah, it just it has so much grip that it really doesn't matter. It great. Yeah, you, you can really just drive it normally and almost never drift, and you'll be fine. Perfect. Oh, man, I haven't played that game in a long time. Uh, in terms of recent racing games I bought, I got uh, Ridge Racer on PSP, which I had digitally forever, but I picked up a copy of that. Uh, I bought Blur, finally, uh, after you've been bugging me about it for, like, two years. Um, that is a fascinating and strange game Yeah, for a lot of reasons. <clears throat> uh, let's see, what else? I bought Street Racing Syndicate for some reason. Have not fired that up yet. <laughs> uh, I bought MotoGP3 uh night yeah i, I got that never, one last year yeah i've never played the uh the namco moto gp yep. games and i like them a lot better than the other ones because they're much more attuned to like i mean it's a namco racing game that's 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 what i'm here for yeah the, um, the namco moto gp series is a little bit more arcadey and honestly like technically tech technically not really pushing the same sort of boundaries that the climax games were on xbox no like those games it's, it's were a different thing yeah it, it, it they're they're very different although what makes MotoGP 3 really weird is that it's basically i i don't have any proof behind this i need to look into it but i feel like they just took that game and replaced the bikes with cars and made our racing evolution because like it feels exactly the same the menu okay, layout I'm is exactly the same I'm glad that that's not just me then, because yeah. I was like, this feels a lot like our racing evolution and not like Ridge Racer, which is fine. It'd be weird if it felt like Ridge Racer, but yeah, <clears throat> yeah, no, it still, totally is. I'm still trying to uh, hunt down a copy of Critical Velocity. I really, really want to copy that, and it's getting hard to find, and it makes me sad because that is a really cool, weird game with a ridiculously good jazzy soundtrack, and just general strangeness in the ways that only PS2 games can be strange. Um, <laughs> I don't know anything about that one. Uh, yeah, it's it's a Namco racing game that never came out here. Ah, Jesus. Why you gotta do me like that, Namco? <laughs> but it's... Uh, it, it is a bit more, let's say, narrative-focused, but kind of in the way that in, in, a, in a different way from our racing evolution oh, it's like got yeah it's a bit more built into the world it's a lot of like <laughs> it's almost closer to the wheel man or yeah like a driver or game. this looks like i'm getting like um midtown madness or uh, yeah the, yeah the uh super runabout police chases i'm getting those vibes from this yeah this I, I think it's weird. i i'm i i think it's more interesting than uh midtown madness personally um because i've never really known what to do with midtown madness oh this uh, is the game that has the uh devil car the crinale in it that's yeah, not a yeah. racer game okay this is where that image comes from got it yeah i think it uses kind of a similar driving model as i understand though um it's it is a fascinatingly strange game and hmm. it is getting very frustratingly difficult to find at this point <laughs> and i want to i want to see if I've got a couple local import shots I want to check next weekend, and if they don't have it, or I might just you know go back to like trolling eBay or uh, like Yahoo Auctions Japan now that uh, now that some of the shipping options have opened back up. Oh, 
Very cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, for the last like year, it's been damn near impossible to get anything uh, out of Japan because most of their uh, mail to the U.S. has been shut down. Um, but some some of those options have opened back up. It's just most of them are like a flat rate of twenty bucks. Um, so like if you want to buy anything from Japan on eBay, it's like all right, the game's you know thirty something, but here's another twenty for shipping or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I have a buddy who runs an export shop out there. I might ask if he has a copy laying around that's just not listed on the site or whatever but i don't know there, there are ways if i just want to spend the money and get it but i'm not sure if i want to or not yet it's like <laughs> it's around you you can get a hold of it it's just uh it's a lot more expensive than it used to be and it's not like as far as old games go it's not like you know it's not even quote unquote capital e expensive by ps2 standards like this is not a kuan situation or whatever but it's still like for something that's kind of more a historical oddity than anything else, it's definitely like a commitment, but I don't know. I, I need it for my brand. Yeah, I, I seem to remember shocks copies, like American shocks copies being hard to find. That's Brendan's fault. He, because, he shocked that right up. Yeah, because um, I don't think they really pressed many of those here. Probably not. It's not uh, expensive. Like You can still get a copy of shocks for like 10, 15 bucks. It's just... Yeah. I think it's just maybe, yeah, I don't think they pushed it as hard. The never, Mini Cooper on the phone probably didn't source. help. Yeah, they really went with the wrong, they really went with the wrong car there upon the cover yeah, of I this think, game. I think I had to get my shocks copy on eBay because none of my local shops had it either. I have a PAL, I have a 50 hertz shocks copy and um, I guess I could play it in... Yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah, I can play it in my PS2. I just gotta use that swap disc. I forgot because I also have a, I also have a PAL copy of WRC4. Um, nice. And you know, it's like even even with the the difference in the refresh rate, it just it, it it's fine. I don't know. It doesn't seem like a massive difference to me. Uh, but I'm not I'm just using, gonna I mean, say don't. Sorry. Oh, oh no, I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt. We had stream delay there. Yeah, I was just saying I, I haven't noticed a huge difference, but I'm not in tune with, you know, what equipment I would have to be using for it to be a problem versus not a problem. But you are you are very well uh, well versed in that. I, I don't really understand the whole PAL NTSC thing because I, uh, you know, never tried to play those games growing up because we, we had it better over here, so. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't have RGB, but we did have uh, <laughs> our games were not like vertically squished and they ran yeah. at the right uh, refresh rate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just don't uh, don't try to use it on a CRT. I think most flat panels can take 50 hertz fine, um, but uh, most CRTs do not unless it's explicitly multi-format. Like there are a couple Sony's that do and all the PVMs and BVMs are fine for that. Uh, they'll adjust as needed. Um, but generally speaking with consumer CRTs, don't... Uh, I'll try to mix refresh rates. Although that being said, um, I know at least in the UK there were a lot of uh, towards the late '90s, early 2000s, they were making a lot of uh, CRT TVs over there that uh, could handle NTSC signals um, and display at 60 hertz with a power converter. So eventually, they solved their own problem. Um, so who, who's to say <laughs> who, who had it worse in the long run? I guess, but. Uh, yeah, it's always weird. Like for whatever reason, the Genesis core, uh, Genesis slash Mega Drive core of the Mister, um, at least on the firmware that I have mine on right now, always. Every time I load up a new game, it defaults to PAL, 
So I have to Ew. go swap that every single time because you get uh, with some games it just works and it's just slow and squished and awkward. Um, but some games uh, will yell at you and be like, this is designed for an NTSC system. So I have to like swap the region really quick. It's very strange. Mm. But anyway, this game was designed for use in a Sega Dreamcast console. Yes. Uh, graffiti is art, however. Graffiti, graffiti is an act of vandalism. <laughs> is even better art. Uh like, like that is a great um, example of cover your ass in the gaming industry. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's classic. It's that and arcade machines that upon boot say uh, when they're if, you are, if you are playing this outside. Well, it's that or the uh, <laughs> the uh, if you are playing this game, this computer video game outside of the nation of Japan, you are involved in a crime. Yeah, God, the I've amount of seen crimes a lot of Twitter headers that I've you know been implicit in just because i wanted to play scud race <laughs> in the year 2020 uh don't uh, you love copyright laws and mm. international ip disagreements make everything better that's great uh well andrew um i guess before we wrap things up we should uh tell the fine folks where you can get this album that you made and also yeah. where they can find the things that you do and get in touch with you and tell you how much they love it. Uh, yeah, it's it's everywhere. Uh, it's, <laughs> the album is called Digital Motorsport. It is just under my name, Andrew Elmore. Um, you can find it everywhere. It's uh, I prefer Bandcamp because like I get paid directly that way, but like if you just want to stream this thing or whatever, that's fine too. Uh, you can also stream it on Bandcamp for free if you don't have a uh, subscription to mm. some service or whatever. Um, I looked up the uh, next because you release it on the Bandcamp Friday, which was a good idea. Yeah, that's and that's kind next, of just what everyone does now, and it's yeah. great because it's just like every one Friday every month we all just get to party and like buy each other's music, and it's great. Yeah, the next Bandcamp Friday is April second, and they actually have a web. They have a uh, URL. Is it BandcampFriday.com? Yep, which is, which is helpful. So it's it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, since uh, quarantine has started, Bandcamp has started a thing where for one Friday every uh, month, they, for 24 hours, waive their their cut of any purchases. Uh, so the artist gets 100% of the money. Um, but their cut is already so small. Like, it's so, they're so good about supporting uh, independent artists that way. But I'm, not, I'm not too worried about it. But... Uh, yeah, it just makes for a fun, like, suddenly everyone on Twitter is talking to each other about, you know, their music and all that. And it's it's a fun day every time. But, uh, yeah, you can follow me at Andrew Elmore on Twitter. Um, I'm not really doing much else. I started making some some light YouTube stuff recently, but not... Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Not, not much. I just did one little, like... I tried to do an overview on how uh, surround sound works in retro consoles. Um, so that, that's up there if you want to check that out i don't know how helpful it actually is um it, i might have made it more confusing than than helpful but uh your super nintendo can can do surround sound natively it's cool stuff anyway i'm, um, I'm just scared thinking about surround sound i just get scared thinking of all the wires and speakers i'd have to hook up oh it takes like five seconds dude i've never i've never had so like a it. surround sound setup you know i'm just we gotta we gotta work on that <laughs> Once you get that CRT, I'm just going to slowly transform your apartment into my apartment from across the coast, just with my influence. Hey, look, I I appreciate that, uh, and then I can enjoy the music of Suzuka Eight Hours coming at me from Hell everywhere. Yeah. That game's all got of a good the soundtrack too. 
get all of the like glam rock of Ferrari F three fifty five challenge just in in five chance round F three fifty five challenge. There you go. All of the like not quite Guns and Roses of of that game's <laughs> OST. <laughs> that uh, listen, they have a uh, the the. The DJ in that game is like, and I think we've covered this on the episode, uh, the Ferrari F-355 episode we did forever ago, but um, he is a famous Japanese D- radio personality, and they got this guy, and uh, the the band that plays, like the metal band in that game also has some crazy history, so I just yeah, love that that's... there's a lot of context there that I just like jumped right over for the sake of the the bit. Oh, no, oh, no, I, I'm, I'm not... You were right to just go for the bit. Um, I just think it's funny that Yu Suzuki was like, this is what I listen to in my Ferrari F-355, so this is what everybody should listen to in their Ferrari yeah, dude, F-355. That, that's, that's one of the two biggest examples I think of of someone making a game just for themselves. <laughs> uh, it's that, and then, uh, oh shoot, what's his name? The guy from Treasure that made Alien Soldier basically was just like, I'm going to design a game that is for me and no one else, and if anyone else <laughs> is into it, then awesome, great, good for them. Uh, and Alien Soldier is a really cool game, but it is damn hard and very difficult to wrap your brain around. Um, but if you are attuned to that kind of thing, it's like this glorious gift from above. Uh, and then, yeah, the F-355 challenge. I mean, the other thing of just Yu Suzuki being like, man, I love driving this car that I bought with all this money that I made from making these video games. <laughs> I wish I could share this experience and just make a game that is just for me, but also sell it to other people and make this cool, like, triple monitor arcade cabinet. Anyway. Hey, that's look. I'm not gonna lie and say that's not I what respect I would do it. if I didn't have uh, Yu Suzuki's expertise and money. And, and, and I was gonna say Sega, if you didn't have Yu Suzuki money, Sega in the late '90s. Sure, yeah, I do at, it at too. the peak of their like doing it, literally anything and everything that comes to mind. <laughs> just like a fire hose of that game. That game. Weirdness. You don't race in that game. You learn gentlemanly driving, and that's the phrase <laughs> that keeps popping up in F355 challenges: gentlemanly driving. Yeah, it's like a, <laughs> it's like when GT Sport launched. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take a class. Before we were doing things that made us look bad, we were learning about gentlemanly driving. Exactly. Uh, All right. Okay. Sorry. I, I know we keep trying to wrap this up. I've got literal thunder and lightning outside because. Oh you know, uh, God. So before before we before we lose uh, power <laughs> and connection here, I'll go ahead and wrap this up. But. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Go go listen to our other podcast if you like our terrible banter. Uh, if you think this is bad, we're much worse on the silent discographer, which is uh, a uh, <laughs> a show about things. <laughs> I can't I can't just I can't just read the intro, but uh, we we go through uh, entire bands discographies uh, album by album over there, and we are doing that very slowly um, because it's more of a record when it's convenient kind of thing and. That's a case, speaking of podcast uh, theme music, where uh, I wrote one theme and I change, I re-record it in the style of the band that we're covering every time, at least I attempt to. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to adapt this to sound like Slater Kinney. Um, I'm so excited. Previously, we've done Death Cab for Cutie and Slow Dive, um, and we keep threatening to do R.E.M. Uh, oh, speaking <laughs> of Death Cab, the one, the one other dumb detail that I wanted to bring up uh, talking about this album, because I haven't talked about it anywhere else yet, Um Remember, what's that song on uh, Narrow Stairs that just ends really abruptly when their tape machine broke? Was it Long Division I or think something? Uh, or Pity and Fear? I don't remember. I think it's Pity and Fear. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of had the digital equivalent of that happen to me here where um, 
think, uh, yeah, 24 hours in France was the first song that like, when I, when I made that song, I was like, okay, I'm gonna like, I, I, I kind of have something here. Maybe I should actually make an mm-hmm. album. And I used this to announce it last summer. Okay. Um, and then I didn't make any more music for like six months. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the weird, like glitched out sound that you hear at the end of this was my, uh, my Tascam, uh, interface crashing and logic kept oh, recording. Wow. <laughs> uh, so that was unintentional and I just left it in. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. It's yeah, it's a really just, I mean, I assumed it was intentional because I think everybody who listens to music assumes that everything that happens is intentional. Um, oh, which that's is definitely secret, not, it's a series definitely of happy not accidents. the case. Yeah. But yeah, the, it, that's definitely a moment that's like kind of surprising. So um, it's funny that, yeah, that's how it, it, came it reminded about. me of uh, like Adrian Blue's weird forced uh, glitch effects on uh, Talking Heads Remain in Light, uh, especially in the first few tracks on that album. He does like a whole guitar solo of that sound, basically. I think they I read somewhere they like purposely overheated a sampler to make it start crashing, and then they like lit a <laughs> fire next to it or under it or oh, on wow. it uh, to make it start doing stuff. Um, th- that didn't happen here. I just like this this interface in the you know, better part of a decade that I've had, it has crashed on me. I don't know, maybe, maybe three or four times. And it happened to be recording that time while I was tracking a guitar. Uh, and so, and logic happened to capture it. So I just left it in there. <laughs> well, something to try for a next album. Just, you know, try to burn all of your equipment and see what happens. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, like back when, you know, you <laughs> to recreate the feeling of trying to, uh, send your 360 back in the coffin to Microsoft, um, to get the red ring before the uh warranty yes, ran out yeah just wrap wrapping it in, the, in towels yep yeah or uh do <laughs> the old dave clayman ign trick where you just drop kick it across the living room <laughs> and then you get a you get an email from microsoft pr being like hey there's a boot scuff on this what happened and be like i don't know what you're talking about i couldn't I don't, what hmm? it was yeah. a less talked about uh casualty with the red rings you know that's they just the the outer shell of the system would just degrade and get all of these marks on it you know people don't talk about it, it's true <laughs> Yeah, it's strange. Uh, uh, <laughs> it, they, they stopped, too. Mine, mine had a life. giant baseball bat, you know, just gash in it. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> you, you can tell. It's it's a very specific shape. Right, right. You know? Anytime you hit something with a baseball bat, it's like, oh, that's got bat written all over it. It's a bad case of bat. Look, if you get in bat trouble bash. with Microsoft because for some reason you decided to, I, I guess, destroy your uh, Xbox Series X, which don't do that. Um, but no, also don't, don't do blame. Don't, don't vape into it either. Don't blame us. We, we didn't tell you to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do not vape into it. Do not hit it with anything. Uh, <laughs> maybe hold a ping pong ball over it when the fans yeah, spin do it that. up. So that's it floats. Cool. Like, that's, that's a cool, cool look. That's a cool thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done that with mine yet because I don't have a ping pong ball. But I don't I'm have one. That. Like an Xbox. So, you know, I could bring the ping pong ball over. You've got the Series X. We can make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just fly across the country. Yeah, just fly 3,000 miles in the middle of a pandemic just to make a ping pong ball float on an Xbox. <laughs> Is there any other reason? Is there any better reason? Like, not even hang out after that. Just, like, do no. that. And just be like, all right, well, it's been real. See ya. See ya. See ya. Next, <laughs> next episode. Yeah. And then and then do it again the next week. We'll just sit down and play Rally Sport Challenge 2 for an hour. Ah, oh, can't imagine anything better. And then All we'll right. play Rally Fusion and be like, why isn't this Rally Sport Challenge 2? I keep seeing that game in stores and literally for the last 20 years of my life since it came out, I'd see it. Think about buying it for two seconds and then not. I've never played that game was, before. I got it because it was a dollar and it's a rally game on Xbox and I had to know. But, <laughs> uh, 
yeah you're it, it's fine <laughs> it's there it's whatever it's there just like this podcast uh all right <laughs> can, so can you say that about this podcast at this point we've been trying to end this for half an hour i'm sorry uh, i need to shut up you're you're fine i i always assume that you know you you have important things to do and, <laughs> uh you know mouths to feed and stuff like that so you've got you've got you've got business you've got shit to do you got you gotta get started on the next album on the next oh, no, 31 already. on the next 31 uh racing game songs yeah that's so. a good question actually in terms of what's next because i still do want to try and like make some actual like jazzy stuff but also i've been spending all this time and money on synthesizers and drum machines and i think i'm just going to mm-hmm. play with those i'm recording everything to mini disc uh because of, i'm a parody of myself at this point it can't um, be it can't be a racing game thing though because then you're going to be like typecast you know it's going to be like oh andrew yeah. here comes again with the racing jazz but also know? like will anyone care if i make anything else is is the other thing <laughs> You know, I, <laughs> I think I think there are people who uh, there are way more people interested in other genres than this one. <laughs> Probably, but also like I've carved out a niche. You know, like I don't mm. I don't think anyone's gonna care if I'm just like I made music that's not related to anything that you're already familiar with. Just do the Vector but, no, Man no, no, score. That's like, where you gotta go next. Everyone's favorite game, Vector Man. Yes, every everyone, everyone. <laughs> Everyone loves Vector Man. Everyone Defin- loves Vector Man. Definitely me. I definitely love Vector Man. <laughs> uh, it's really, it's just up there, you know, with all the all the greats of that of that platform. Of There's, the pl- you know, you've got Gunstar Heroes and Rystar and Castlevania Bloodlines, Contra Hardcore. You got Landstalker, and then you've got Vector Man. Vector Man. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, This podcast is over. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was your turn this time. (laughs) 